Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome, everyone, and we do invite you to call in to Calvary Live today. You just heard that number, 303-690-3000. And so give us a call, and we'll we'll answer your questions that you may have or yeah, pray for you as you give your prayer request. 303-690-3000 is the number here on Calvary Live. Welcome, everyone, this afternoon. As snow has moved into the listening area of Grace FM, it's uh, snowing up here in northern Colorado in Greeley. And once again, we're seeing this white stuff. It, it has visited us uh, for several days in a row. And um, so... Uh, once again, we want to remind you to be careful uh, as it's starting to fill in in Denver and down in the south toward Car- Colorado Springs. Uh, be careful. And why don't we go ahead and pray for everybody that's in the commute and driving and picking up kids and uh, everything else that's going on. Father, we do pray that you would just keep everyone safe right now as the snow has come back in during the rush hour And, Lord, we ask for your safety upon everyone. We pray that um, everyone would reach their destination uh, very safely and uh, without any problems. And we just commit all this to you, to our listeners that are listening right now, and everyone who's out on the road. So we just pray for your mercy and grace and protection upon everyone in our listening area. And we just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, hey, give us a call at 303-690-3000. This is Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Figgs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley up here in uh, northern Colorado. And so glad to be with you once again and blessed to be able to uh, connect with you as you have questions perhaps uh, that your Bible reading has brought up or maybe uh, you heard a teaching, you want some clarity and understanding or or maybe just some things you've been thinking about. We want to go to the Word of God, bring you clarity and understanding. We want to give you truth, because God's Word is truth, and we want to bless you in any way that we can. Perhaps you need prayer. And all of us, we need prayer. And and so we invite you to call up and uh, so we can pray for you and all the listeners joining together to bless you. So uh, we'd love to be able to do that. We also want to be able to uh welcome uh all the uh truth and hope fm listeners on the east coast you too can call in at that number 303-690-3000 and you can be a part of the show too even though as you're listening on truth and hope fm you're a week delayed but uh you can call somebody will answer you can ask your questions or give your prayer requests and then uh, you can listen to it a week later. But uh, you guys are such a blessing out there on the East Coast. Love to talk with you and have you guys call in. And so glad we can connect with you. Also, all the online listeners uh, that are listening, perhaps on your uh, smartphones or tablets, as you uh, have downloaded the Grace FM app. It's very easy to do. If you haven't done that, I want to encourage you to do that. Then you can listen to teaching 
all day long, as well as Calvary Live. Uh, just go to Grace uh, FM Colorado. I believe it'll just come up and download it. It's free. want to welcome all those who are listening uh, on their computers, the Grace FM website. Welcome, welcome, 303-690-3000. Give me a call. We're going to go right to the phone lines here in just a minute. And there is another means for you to be able to ask a question or give a prayer request, and that's a dedicated text line. And that number is 720-336-0897. Hey, I would encourage you in your contacts, put down the call-in number, 303-690-3000, the text line number, 720-336-0897. Then you can pull it up anytime. Do you want to ask a question or give a prayer request? So I'll repeat those numbers throughout the hour, but we got a couple open lines. Grab one of those open lines early, but let's go to Denver where Heather's on line one. Hi, Heather. Yeah, um, I'm... Hi. How are you? Hello. I'm doing well. I've um, just been uh, doing a little bit of Bible study with my sister. and She got a book. It's called The Zephyr. And I was intrigued about reading it. And I noticed those books that are, are, that are in the, the New King James... In the King James Version, but that aren't in the King James Version, but they're in The Zephyr. I was just wondering why they're not put in the King James. Well, one of the in your Bible, there's 66 books of the Bible, and there was certain criteria that was met uh, to put the Bible together. Um, one was was the book written or backed by a prophet or an apostle of God. Um, the reason is is because in Second Timothy chapter. Uh, 3, verse 16, Paul writes, All scriptures inspired by God. So it's God-breathed. And then Peter writes that um, that God, uh, the Holy Spirit, that is moved through um, holy man as um, they would write the words down, the sure word of prophecy. So it's God-breathed, the word of God. And um, so they had the criteria of, was the book written or backed by prophet or apostle of God? Does the book tell the truth about God, and is it already known by previous revelations? Um, for example, the Bereans searched the Old Testament scriptures to see if Paul's teachings were true in Acts chapter 17. Other considerations, was the book authoritative? Um, does the book give evidence for having the power of God? Was the book accepted by the people of God? So there are certain criterias that uh, were given to put the canon, canon of Scripture together. That is all 66 books. So um, those books that you're reading, obviously, and there are certain books like the Book of Enoch, uh, the Gospel According to Thomas or something, did not meet those requirements. And so that's why they're not in uh, the Bible, whether it's King James or any other version. All of the the Bible, the scriptures that we have right now have 66 books in it, from Genesis to Revelation. So can I encourage you, Heather, in something? I'm sorry, I dropped there? you. Hello? Okay, what Heather. I didn't hear you when know. you said, said that. Yeah, I want to encourage you in something, and that is oh. you guys, as you're having Bible study, Study one of the books that are in your Bible, one of the 66 books in the canon of Scripture, okay? That's where I would encourage you in, and I think that's where you're going to grow because you know that it is inspired by God and it is God-breathed. So, 
you know, I encourage people because there's nothing wrong with reading extra biblical books, but there's so much in the 66 books of the Bible that we are to learn and prioritize, and uh, I would encourage you to do that. Okay, Heather? Yeah, that sounds good. Sounds like something I would be more yeah. interested in anyway, because like, I mean, I yes. always thought, too, I was like, well, there has to be a very good reason why, which you just answered. So all the books were inspired by a prophet, and what else? Yeah, and you're talking about the criteria? Yeah, like you said, what what the standards were yeah. for them to be. There, there was a number of criteria, but I'm just giving you an overall uh, kind of uh, um, what they were looking at, uh, that the church was accepting of the books. Was the book accepted by the people of God? Does it give evidence of having the power of God? Was the book authoritative? Uh, does the book tell the truth about God? It's, it's already known by previous revelation. Was the book written or backed by a prophet or apostle of God? So there's a number of things that um, are, are that given. So continue to read the, the, the King James, perhaps, I guess. Yeah, yeah there's, King James is just a version of the Bible, okay? So right. if you want, you want a Bible version that's a little easier, King James is good. But maybe the New King James or, you know, get a couple translations. The New Living Translation is something that you may understand. But, Heather, what I want to tell you is just stay focused on the 66 books of the Bible. Stay focused on that, and, you know, you can spend your whole life studying those words of, um, of God in the Word of God and grow in the Word of God in that way. Okay? Yes, sir. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You bet, Heather. Thanks for calling. Keep listening. Yes, God bless okay? you, sir. God bless you. Bye now. Okay. Bye now. 303-690-3000 is the number to call here at Calvary Live. Hey, there's there's plenty of extra-biblical books out there um, that can be refreshing um, that people want to, you know, sometimes focus on, like the Book of Enoch and why is it in the Bible. Listen, stay focused on Genesis to Revelation. Make that a priority. There's nothing wrong with reading those things, uh, but we know that those books, all of it is inspired by God. God breathed. Um, and written to the page. And uh, and there's different criteria, of course, for the canon of Scripture being put together. But uh, I love just reading the Bible and going through it and going through the books of the Bible that we have. Uh, 303-690-3000. Let me give you that text number again. Uh, I just gave you the call-in number. 720 is the text number, 336-0897. And so let's go to uh, Denver once again, where Shelly is online, too. Hi, Shelly. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Hello. Doing? I'm good, thank you. Um, I had a question. <clears throat> I have a friend who is has a different faith, but she asked me this question because it's always been on her mind. If God created Adam and Eve, their children, how did that lineage continue and not be incestual, kind of? Like, how did that work so i can explain it to her better yeah and sometimes people ask about that is and what they do is then they suppose that there had to be other civilizations or something we know that the bible when you go to genesis that adam and eve were the first um you know humans that were created there was no other civilizations that he created 
Uh, some people think that there were, and you know, how, in other words, where did Cain get his wife? Is what she's asking, or your friends asking? Um, yes, yes. You know, you know, because um, we know that at that point that the gene pool is very pure, and Adam and Eve were told to to go forth and multiply the earth, and so they would have a number of kids. So in the beginning. There would be that, um, as they had children, that Cain and Abel would be able to to marry their uh, or to you know marry their their sister and then to move forward from there as they populated the earth. But there's no indication whatsoever that there was a, other civilizations. The gene pool being pure at that time, they were able to do that. And then later on, when the law came through Moses, of course, he would um, give the law that there'd be no incest um, and um, so that's that's what we have. That's a simple answer to um, you know how the human race began to um, to spread. One of the things to keep in mind too, Shelley, is is that Adam and Eve lived to be over 800 years old, I believe. So in that time, they had could have a lot of children, um, and the the population of the world uh, would increase very very quickly. So, you know, that's what the, it has to say. Um, and as far as we know, that um, it was uh, Adam and Eve that had children, and then they would, from there, have children to populate the world. Okay? Thank you. Thank you so much. That's kind of how I had assumed, like, this a pure DNA type thing, and yeah. it, that was why, yeah. So, thank you so much. I hey, love Shelley. your show. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hey, Shelly. One yeah. reference that may help you is, I, and I give this reference often, often on the radio program, is Answers in Genesis. You can remember that. And if you Google Answers in Genesis, their website will come up, and they give really good details of, of these kinds of questions. You know, uh, Adam and Eve, uh, how did, you know, Cain and Abel, you know, where did they get their wives? Um, how did the world populate? about the flood, about dinosaurs. They answer all of this, and they got, um, you know, wonderful scientists that write articles on it. So that is a really good reference for you when you're asked these questions. It's Answers in Genesis. Uh, the the one who founded that ministry, Dr. Ken Ham, other great scientists, and I think that you'll be blessed by that website. Thank you so much, Pastor. Have a blessed day. You too, Shelley. God bless you guys. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Good questions. Um, Answers in Genesis, you know, it's a great website, wonderful ministry. And uh, we have Answers in Genesis curriculum that we use for our kids here at Calvary Greeley. Hey, the number to call in, the call-in number is 303-690-3000. So glad that people have been calling in on this Monday and asking good questions. The text line is 720-336-336. 0897. And when somebody hangs up, that means we got an open line. Uh, so let's keep Monday going. I know that some of you are in traffic. Uh, it's starting to snow. Uh, we just prayed for you to be safe. Uh, but let us know you're out there. Um, this is a great time for you to call in on this Monday. So glad to be with you. My name is Jeff Figs of Calvary Greeley. And uh, we've already got a couple great questions. And we're going to go to Diana in Ellicott. Hi, Diana. Hi. Um, 
I have a, I only had one question, and then I heard your study before, and now I have two mm-hmm. questions, if possible. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know which one to ask first, but I was listening to your study, and you were, the study is about um, when Simon was carrying Jesus' cross, he, you talked about how he came and uh, was so yeah. looking forward to the Passover, and he got bloody, and um, and then you told us to um, to carry our cross for Jesus. I I don't think I'm saying it quite right, but okay. my question was to you: What do you uh, what do you mean by that? How do I do that? Is it like being a submissive wife? Um, I because I don't. Yeah. Do you remember uh, the study? <laughs> I do, and it was probably, uh, I think we're going through Luke's Gospel, and when um, Jesus was carrying the cross, Simon of Cyrene was coming into the city, and because of, you know, the beating that Jesus took by the religious leaders, uh, the beating by the Romans, being flogged, you know, he, he fell under the weight of that cross. So they, uh, Roman soldiers would put the tip of the spear on the shoulder of Simon and said, hey, you carry the cross. And he would carry the cross up to that place of execution. Jesus said to his disciples that you are to die to self, pick up your cross, and follow after me. And, and what it means to carry your cross, because there's a lot of teaching on it, and sometimes we can kind of picture of, you know, I'm to grit my teeth, I'm um, to tough it out, um, I'm to I'm gut it out, and I'm going to carry my cross, and Jesus is kind of in front of us uh, going, come on, you can do it, you know, tough it out and all this. It, it isn't quite that way. You know, Simon had a task of carrying Jesus' cross, um, and he was the one person that was ordained through history to do that. But all of us have a cross to carry. And so a couple things to consider in carrying our cross. Number one is we need to die to self, pick up our cross, and follow after Jesus. And the key is this, that you follow after Jesus, that you be submitted to him, that you love him with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, that that you look to him to strengthen you and to um, bless you, to instruct you, to guide you, to comfort you, so you, that you can live a life that's pleasing to him. And that, you know, means, Diana, being the wife that he wants you to be, being the woman of God he wants you to be, being, you know, wherever the state that you're in, if you're a mother. Yeah. He wants us to look to him, and that's the key. The key is, I am not going to live for self. I'm going to die to self. Because today in our world, so much is... Focus on self, exalt self. Um, you know, a lot of the messages in the church even today, and, and they can seem to sound so good and um, helpful, but they're self-help kind of messages. The Bible comes along and says, listen, die to self. Just die to your thing, die to your way, die to your expectations, you know, that you want, and just follow after Jesus. Take up your cross and follow after him. And and that's different for all of us. But it starts with just loving him. It starts by just following after him, allowing him to work in our lives by the you know Holy Spirit, informing us into the image of Jesus Christ, and just to empower us to live a life pleasing to him. That's where it starts. 
And then, you know, I, you know, some people, I think in the teaching, probably I mentioned, you know, that would have been cool to be able to carry the cross of, of Jesus, you know, up the hill. Well, we are not going to be asked to do that. That was already done. But can we carry our cross into our homes and into our marriages and, and in our lives to where we're blessing others, you know, to, to minister to our children? It, it is a life that has prioritized Jesus Christ, and I'm going to follow after you. And I know you love me, Lord, because you went to that cross and died for me specifically. You shed your blood for the atonement of sin, and you're alive, and you're alive in my heart, Lord. So I'm going to die to self. And Jesus said that if you want to find your life, then lose it. And if you lose your life, you will find it. Live for him. And that's what the Lord is saying to you, Diana. Does that help? You still there? Diana? Okay. Diana, I don't know if you had another question, but, or if you're, Diana, you still there? Okay. So, Diana, hopefully that, that helps you out. And I think you had another question, but if you can call back, let us know. I'll be happy to answer that. So, okay. I think I hear some noise, but we're going to go ahead and move on. And um, and um, let's go to, um, from Diana. Hey, give me a call. When somebody hangs up, we got an open line, 303-690-3000. Let's go to Nancy in Denver. Um, I don't know if she's there. She may have dropped, um, but was wondering, can demons or the devil affect your thoughts? What does that mean? If they can, she was hoping you could answer still if she can't talk. So Nancy, maybe you still can't talk. Um, if you're driving, be careful again, because I know it's snowing out there. So I'll try to answer it the best that I can, Nancy. Um, but, um, we do know that the enemy will attack our mind. That's where the war happens. Um, that he tries to attack our minds. Um, he, he is the accuser of the brethren who accuses us day and night is what the scripture says. In other words, he comes at us and he accuses us. You're no good, Jeff. You're a spiritual waste. Uh, the Lord doesn't love you. He, he isn't going to use you. Um, he's disappointed in you. So the enemy loves to mess with our heads. Uh, he loves to whisper into our ears, you know, lies, because he's the father of lies, the accuser of the brethren, and and he will attack us in that way. So I believe that he can um, come into our minds, and he does attack us in that area. Um, and that's why the Bible in the New Testament uh, over and over again says that we are to renew our minds, uh, that we are to wash our minds with the water of the Word. That's how we combat them. And in Revelation chapter 12, when it says that he's the accuser of the brethren who accuses us day and night, we overcome him, we are told, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of testimony. And that word of testimony, the word of God. You know what, devil? I know that I'm a sinner, but here's the truth of God's word, that I am forgiven and the Lord does love me. And there is no condemnation now to those who are in Christ Jesus. And that word now is very important. That means today. For those who are in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. And maybe 
that's a word that somebody needs to hear right now, that you who are listening, because maybe you feel condemned. Um, maybe you're, you're just so focused on your shortcomings and how you failed. Listen, there is forgiveness. And as we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And, and we can ask for forgiveness. We repent and come to him. And, and the Lord is so faithful and his love remains and he's so forgiving. So we, it's very important that we understand the truth of God's word that we understand his love for us, his grace, his mercy, his forgiveness. And um, and as we do, that's how we combat the enemy. And then as James says, that you submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That is a promise from the Word of God. So, Nancy, um, I, I hope that, um, that that answers your questions. But all throughout the Scriptures, renew your mind. Wash your mind with the water of the Word. Um, be in the Word of God constantly. Be listening to praise music, because what we put into our minds does affect us. And I know that Ephesians, he, he talks about, you know, we're renewing our minds. Uh, in, in Romans chapter 12, uh, we are to renew our minds. Uh, Philippians talks about the same thing. So you'll see this recurring theme that Paul writes in his letters. Uh, as Romans chapter 12 says, that therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So, uh, Nancy, hopefully that helps you out. Keep in the word of God. That's a key for me because the enemy comes against us and put on the whole armor of God. And that includes the helmet of salvation and uh, knowing that I am saved and God's word is true. And we overcome him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of testimony is what we are told in the word of God. So Nancy, be safe out there as you're driving. And thank you for the question. Hey, I think we have all open lines. So give me a call. 303-690-3000. Here on Calvary Live with Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley. That text line is 720-336-0897. We went right to the phone line. So again, I want to welcome all of you who are listening in to Calvary Live today. And uh, hope you're blessed. Had a blessed time uh, with you guys down at Calvary Church in Aurora this weekend as I was doing the services. Love you guys down there. You got a wonderful, wonderful church and love Pastor Ed and Marie. And I was so blessed to be able to fill in uh, this weekend and to fellowship with you guys and saw it as a real privilege to be able to share the Word of God with you. So I want to welcome, uh, I just want to thank you, that is, as you welcomed me uh, to the church this weekend and and, um, so appreciate it and uh, so wonderful to be with the brethren um, that, that, you know, we get to, to just get to know each other and fellowship and it's good for the brethren to dwell together in unity is what the word of God says. So we're getting closer to um, the break time. Um, and uh, so uh, we uh, are going to head back to the phone lines. Again, we uh, encourage you to give us a text, 720-336-0897. Got a couple open lines that we are going to um, ask that, you know, 
grab one of those open lines. So let's go to before the break and then um, see where we go from there. Let's go to Denver where Christopher is calling. Hi, how are you? Good, Christopher. Hey, Christopher, we're getting close to break, so when we hear the music, we might have to stop and we'll come back to it after the break, but I wanted to catch you before we take that break. How are you? Oh, you know, he's definitely testing me. Yeah, he's you know, um, I'm I'm going through a lot of you know, a lot of things, a lot of pressures, and so, you know, a lot of things that you know you don't typically find in in the okay. Bible. So, Christopher, you hear the music, so yep. we're going to come back to you. So, hang on, and want to encourage you and give you the word of God. It'll be about two minutes ninety seconds, and so we'll be right back after the break. You're listening to Calvary Live. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And indeed, you have joined Calvary Live. We're in the second half of the program. So glad to be with you on this Monday as snow has moved into the listening area once again. So be careful out there in your drive time and in the commute and Uh, Just give yourself plenty of time, uh, space between, uh, you know, the other drivers. And uh, just be careful out there as we prayed at the beginning of the program for everyone's safety. And and give me a call if you get an opportunity as we have an open line, 303-690-3000. And the text line is 720-336-0897. Text me a question or a prayer request. Love to hear from you. Got plenty of time to answer questions and and to pray for you who desire uh, today. But before the break, we were talking with Christopher from Denver. Christopher, you still there? I am. Go ahead. We got got interrupted. You were just beginning, but you were talking about how you're being tested, and and uh, I'll let you take it from there. Yeah. Well, I. I, I... Now, I have a lot of faith and, and, and a lot of patience, and, and it just, you know, I've got this really long fuse, and, and I, I, I know that it's in God's hands. I mean, I, th- these are things that I know, and, and I know He's got a plan for me, regardless on how much I want to try to screw it up, how much I want to get in the way, you know. But, yeah. um, you know, I, I've, I, I have... I have sinned in the past, and I and a result to my sin, uh, I have a son, you know, and uh, some people beat me up about that. You know, it's like, well, it's your right. fault that this is all going on because of that. However, I've done everything that I could possibly do to kind of like make sure that I provide for my son as a father. Yes. Uh, there was Good. time where I ran into, you know, an injury and. And the courts didn't like that, so they figured, hey, you know, maybe if we throw him in jail for a month and a half and see if, mm-hmm. you know, see if that straightens him out. But, you know, um, and then let's take away his driver's license and his passport. Well, you know, and, and no matter how much I barked and complained about, you know, like how how I need to be taking care of my son um, and my mother and his mother is really kind of neglecting the son. It, it, it came around full circle. And she, now I'm not bragging. I'm not saying, you know, it, it was just something that was about to boil over. And uh, so 
CPS, Child Protective Services, came in, mm-hmm. took, took my son away from his mother. And no matter how much I said beforehand, you know, that, you know, that I needed to have him. So I finally had an opportunity to go out to Arizona and pick him up, you know, and I made sure that I had a bigger place for us. And, you know, I, I talked to everybody here. I even got in prayer and all that kind of good stuff. And I go out there to go pick him up in the courts. And even though that there was a present danger plan in place, they still ended up giving her him back to my his mother, you know? And, you know, I mean, it was kind of a shock thing to her. Now she's begging me to move back in with her, and I don't want to do that because it's not right for us to do that. And But well, I, she's not I, taking I, care of him, and I need to take care yeah. of him, you know? And I don't know right. what Bible scripture it says, you know, Right. You know and what I mean? I mean, it's not very facing, clear. Yeah, you're just facing a lot of of challenges, and you're facing um, a lot of unknowns, and you're frustrated. And um, here's the thing where you're at today. One of the things that you said is that you're trusting in the Lord, um, but the hard part can be is when we're you know not resting in the Lord. And right now you have... It's like the children of Israel that are backed up against the Red Sea and, and have mountain ranges on both sides, and the Egyptians are about re- ready to run over them. You probably kind of feel a little bit like that. And the only thing that they could do was look up, as as Moses said, look up. You know, the Egyptians, you know, were the main focus, but look up and see the salvation of the Lord. And I think that you're at that place right now um, that you need to, to look up and call out to the Lord and say, Lord, uh, you know, I'm frustrated. Um, I'm concerned for my son. Um, th- things haven't been going my way, but I've got to commit every single thing to you. And that's a place where, you know, even though you feel helpless and even though you feel like nothing's happening and you have a sense of urgency in the situation that you're in, that you commit it to the Lord and watch him work. And to say, Lord, I, I have right now, how can I be the father that you know I can be? How can I, you know, work, you know, and move forward in this situation? And he's the one that opens doors that no man shuts, and he shuts doors that no man opens. And, you know, it's a in a place where we can feel hopeless, but he's the one that gives hope to the hopeless. And he's our refuge and he's our strength and he's our guidance. So it's really resting in the Lord in those things. And um, and we can, you know, rehearse it over and over and over and the difficulties that you've gone through. But it's right now, today, at this moment, that, Lord, these things are way beyond me, and I need to not only trust in you but rest in you. And, Lord, that I want to do what's right. And, and you've indicated that, moving into... Um, the mother of your son is not the answer. Um, but the Lord is going to honor your heart as you move forward in that way. I know it's frustrating. I can't imagine how frustrating, Christopher, that it is. But, um, you know, these, you know, things that cause a lot of anxiety, that you keep praying, you be in that place of praying for your son, praying for your situation, and looking to the Lord. And you do it with thanksgiving. 
And as the Lord says, be anxious for nothing, but through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God and the peace of God that passes understanding will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. And he wants to give you that peace that passes understanding. Because right now you're in a situation you don't understand everything. And he wants to give you that joy unspeakable and that rest as you just abide under the shadow of his wings. All right, Christopher? And so, and, we, and, and I understand that. And, and he has also put on my heart, you know, on, on times that he has, you know, has come to my rescue, you know. And for that remembrance, it does give me peace, you know. Um, Can I pray? But, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and and then and then you know, it's, uh, but but things you know things still kind of seem to pile on and on and on. And I and I and I understand that you know, but I think I need to reach out to people, and mm-hmm. you know, the rest of the church to to ask for help because I don't think I have enough resources for myself to get through this. And yeah, I don't. Just, and I'm and I'm pretty sure that yeah. the you know the family of God will be there you know, to help with the rescue. I mean, he does use each and every one of us. Yeah, he does. And he does. And you need that support. You need that prayer support and anything as they're being led. But you know what? The bottom line is going to be that the Lord's going to be your support and the Lord's going to be your provider. And he desires to show himself strong on your behalf and to show you that you can trust in him and you can look to him. But, um, you know, we are in the body of Christ to be here to help one another as the Lord leads and as he guides us and um, and to reach out. And there's nothing wrong with that. So, Christopher, let me pray with you, okay? Father, I pray for Christopher. I just pray in the frustration he has and he feels stuck. He feels, you know, um, that he needs help. And, Lord, as uh, the body of Christ, as they are led to help him, that, Lord, that you would just um, just show yourself strong in his behalf and on behalf of his son in his situation. And, Lord, I just pray that um, that he would rest in, um, in your promises, that you're there and uh, that you love his son. And, uh, Lord, that you love him, Christopher. And, Lord, that you would just open doors that no man shuts. And, Lord, that you would just direct him and guide him, give him a peace that passes understanding, give him joy unspeakable. And, Lord, may he just draw close to you right now, and may you make a way, even as the children of Israel had to lift their eyes and and look to you, Lord. I just pray that you would um, just work in his heart in bringing him the peace that he needs and the assurance of your promises. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, Christopher. Thank you for your prayers. You bet. Absolutely. 303-690-3000. When somebody hangs up, there's an open line. We're going to keep going on the phone lines in Colorado Springs. Jim. Jim, how uh, are yeah, you? Yeah, hey. Hey, I appreciate you guys. Um, i got two quick Thanks. questions. Uh, one of them has to do with the uh, Lord's Prayer. And uh-huh. I've always heard it. Can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you. Okay, great. The, the first one is with, it has to do with the Lord's Prayer. And I've always heard it passes as we forgive those who trespass against us. But yet, I don't know if it's a, a version difference, but when I read it, I say it says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. That's the first question. And 
uh, I just didn't quite get an answer. The other is my wife and I just recently moved up here to Centennial, and we've been visiting some churches. And one of the things that I noticed in one of the churches was the one of the ministers during the service, uh, you know, was wearing his ball cap and uh, you know, and I thought, well, maybe he's just coming in with it or whatever. And then I saw several other people, you know, in the sanctuary, and I was thinking back to the. I had to look it up. First Corinthians eleven seven, where it talks right. about not worth speaking with a hat on. I know that may sound kind of petty, but I kind of was struggling with that personally, and I I wondered. I know we say let's come as you are, but at the same time, at what point do we start trying to disciple people to say, you know, these are certain the things that God would like us to worship in ways we do. Uh, it's kind of like a couple who's living together, but they're not married. That's real popular, but it's not biblical. So right. I was kind of struggling with it, and I thought maybe you could explain it for me. Well, I'll try to do my best. And first of all, in the prayer, you know, the disciples come to Jesus and said, teach us to pray, which I find, first of all, Jim, to be interesting because um, they didn't say teach us to work miracles or teach us to, you know, uh, preach a powerful sermon. They said, teach us to pray. And so Jesus says, when you pray, pray our Father in heaven, how you be thy name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And then I believe this is the part that you were um, Correct. asking about, because you broke up just a little bit. And forgive us our sins. Um, uh, for, forgive for us our debts for- as we forgive our debtors is what I normally have read. Yeah, and that's in the but King people- James. Yeah, yes. I'm reading from the New King James, and I'm actually reading from Luke's narrative as well. So he says, forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who's indebted to us. In other words that we have forgiveness of sin that comes through Jesus Christ. And then as you read the Bible, there's the imperative that we are to forgive others as well. So that's the prayer. Forgive us our sins um, in chapter 11. And then also let me read it from Matthew's narrative. Um, So um, that's probably where you're quoting from, Matthew chapter 6, I believe. But essentially, we are forgiven by the Lord. Uh, If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Um, So uh, in Matthew's narrative, it reads, Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Um, Right. same, Same thing. So as we are forgiven by our Heavenly Father, we are told in the New Testament and by Jesus that we are to forgive others. And so we have the imperative to forgive um, just as we are forgiven. And that's essentially what Jesus is saying. And I think that forgiveness, Jim, as we forgive those who have you know, hurt us, cut us deep, um, that have sinned against us, that's one of the hardest things that the Lord has called us to do. And I know that there are those listening right now they are saying, how can I forgive that person that hurt me so bad? But there's a couple reasons why he tells us to forgive. Number one is, to, to understand that we have been forgiven, but forgiving somebody that has sinned against us, it doesn't mean that we're condoning what they did. It doesn't mean that they didn't hurt us. It doesn't mean that we're accepting you know, um, what they did, that there was no hurt or consequences 
you are making a choice. What you're doing is saying, I choose to forgive them. There still may need to be separation or protecting yourself or whatever, but I'm choosing to forgive them because if we don't forgive them, then that forgiveness begins to grow and grow and grow, and pretty soon that power you know, that they have over you continues, um, and I don't want that person to have power over me. And then it begins to eat away at it spiritually. So there's a freeing that happens spiritually when we choose to say, I forgive. Now, sometimes we are in situations where, you know what, I got to ask the Lord over and over and over again, help me to forgive that person because I'm not strong enough to do it in my own flesh, you know, in my own energy. I'm more Old Testament, a tooth for a tooth, you know, um, an ear for an ear. But to forgive is something that frees us spiritually so that person doesn't have power over us anymore. And and then it is something that has to be a work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So that's the first question. Okay. All um, right, thank you. That as, as we answer that. And the second part was about the head coverings. And I think you made mention of 1 Corinthians 11, right? Yes, that that just was one of the verses that I that I had found, and it may not be the most applicable, but I, well, I guess I grew up in the church, and it was something that was relatively common and understood that you know ladies sometimes would wear hats, men would not, and right. but it's suddenly like all the rules are thrown out in the name of uh, come on in, or at least that was that's the perception that I have right. got, and I, and I have an issue. With it, and then perhaps it's me, but uh, yeah, and and that's the thing, Jim. I know that we would say, being up here in Greeley, you know, we're kind of old school, you know, and men don't wear hats in church and and things like that. But there's nothing biblically that says that men, you know, um, are not to wear hats. In First Corinthians 11, it was talking about headship and the women to wear head covering, and it dealt with, it was more of a custom thing. It dealt with the, with authority. It dealt with headship. Um, and those in Corinthians, what was going on is some of the, the women, you know, that, and it was a very carnal city. It was immoral city. There was the prostitutes that came out of the temple uh, there, and they would shave their heads. Um, but um, the head covering was a sign of, of you know just submission to the leadership and um in headship so that's what that was for so in paul at the end of the chapter says if there's no such custom um you know um, he, he explains that there may not be so it was the customary thing he says if anyone seems to be contentious we have no such custom nor do the churches of god so you can do a study on first corinthians 11 as it talks about headship um as it it, it speaks of that in the church but here's the thing, um, Jim. Um, you know, I, I would. My conviction is I would not teach with a hat on um, a Sunday morning. I have certain convictions on my dress because I don't want to stumble anybody. And I think that's the issue that maybe perhaps that is more applicable to your case is that I don't want to do anything that's going to stumble somebody by wearing a hat or wearing big holes in my jeans, or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, we're free, as I, I dress, you know, probably to some circles more casual, but um, I, I don't want to stumble anybody. 
um, out of sensitivity and love. And in our liberty, and we do have liberty, um, one of the things that Paul says is in Romans and in 1 Corinthians is out of sensitivity and love, you don't want to stumble the weaker brother. You don't want to stumble that person. And I think that we can apply that to, to I wouldn't wear a hat on Sunday mornings because I know that I would stumble somebody. And and uh, I may walk into a church, um, and if I, you know, somebody was just, you know, holes in their T-shirts and a hat on, I, I might be a little, mm, you know, myself. So I get it. I understand. But I think that it's an issue of our liberty and being sensitive to those that you're ministering to. So I think that's more the, the application uh, in that case. I, I, yeah, I guess I guess the concern that I had is, like I said, it was one of the, I think, one of the youth pastors. And it, 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 we, as we were looking for a church, it made me wonder how much uh, that the head pastor, if he allowed that. Obviously, I agree with you that I've never seen a pastor preaching from the pulpit that way. It just is more of, it's a, um, in today's church, especially when you're looking around for a new church, uh, you find compromise in quite a few things. And uh, that one just seemed to be, wow, here's yet another one. And that's why I wanted to ask the question. So thank you for your answer. Hey, Jim, can I give you something to kind of pray through and consider? Because Sure, absolutely. Sometimes the young people come here at Calvary Greeley. Sometimes they wear a cowboy hat. Sometimes they wear ball caps. And it's like, let them come in. Because here's the thing about Calvary Chapel. When Pastor Chuck, back in the Jesus movement, began to minister to the hippies, you know, they were coming in barefooted. They were coming in with a different dress. And the people were looking at them. And I'm not saying this is you at all. But people were looking at them. I mean, this was back in the late 60s, early 70s, when, you know, people came in coats and ties to church. And the people were looking at those hippies that were coming out of, you know, uh, living on the beach, in drugs, right. um, away from home. They were coming. They were getting saved. And yet people were looking at them as, you know, these dirty hippies look at them. They don't know how to dress. And, and Pastor Chuck, he taught them the Word of God. He prayed for them. There was, I think, the last revival that we've seen that took place in the Jesus movement during that time. Some of these guys that were coming are pastoring some of the largest churches in America. And Chuck said something very important. He said that as God changes the inward, then the outward would begin to change, you know? But, you know, we we got a saying, you can't clean the fish until you catch the fish, right? True. So we, we need to catch them. And then as God begins to minister to their hearts and grow, and when they're young, they're going to put on a hat. And, you know, it's like, leave them alone. Let them come in. We'll teach them. We'll grow them. We'll mature them. And then all the other things will begin. But, again, it's a matter of conscience for you. And um, some people, they, they need to be in a church where, um, you know, that's a little bit more of an emphasis. But, you know, God will begin to to minister to them and begin to, um, you know, the, the outward will begin to take care of itself, whatever that might be. But that's all part of the liberty that they have in Christ. So, hey, Jim. Yeah. Hey, Jim. 
Thank you very God much. You. Have a great day. God bless you, you guys. You too, Jim. God bless you. Appreciate it. All right. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Let's go to, I believe we are going to go to, I need to get to Ivan in Denver. Yes, Pastor. How I, are you doing today? Good, Ivan. How are you? Okay. I just have a question. I'm not a uh, evolutionist by any means, but uh, I uh, was wondering, Adam and Eve were the first humans on Earth. Where did the Neanderthals come from since they're not humans? Well, you know, I don't know about that, but I'm going to give you a resource, okay? Um, we do know that Adam and Eve were the first woman and man, as you said, you believe that, inspired by God, and then the world began to populate. You know, what they have found, um, go to Answers in Genesis, uh-huh. and I'm going to go to it tonight in case I get asked this again, but they will be able to answer that question for you. And um, okay. I, I don't, I, I think probably what you'll read is, you know, the, the big thing is what's the missing link between, you know, we came from apes. There is no missing link. There's there's nothing there. And I think they tried to say the Neanderthals or what they yeah, found in the Yeah, I believe from apes either. Yeah, it's kind of like the... the or it's, it's 6,000 years old. Yeah, so, you know, so Answers in Genesis, I'm sure they got some good articles on that and stuff. Uh, probably a good article for me to read, but I don't have a specific answer for you on that because I remember reading about it a long time ago, but but I can't remember hardly anything I read yesterday. So, <laughs> so, yeah. so, so anyway, so that would probably be a big help for you. Okay. Okay. So yeah, anyway, I just, just thought about that for a while. I was just curious. You know, and I think it's really important for Christians and you hit the nail on the head um, because I think what happens is Christians then believe, uh, think that they have to believe in evolution and that, you know, man evolved and then came Adam and Eve. There's no um, no indication of that in the scriptures whatsoever. And there's a problem with that. And the problem is if you believe that, you know, we evolved from um, ape-like men to Neanderthals and then to Adam and Eve, what you're saying is death came because of evolution. The Bible doesn't right. say that. Death, How would that death be came, it, what came from humans to, like— uh, you know, cavemen, how would they regress like that? Well, and the thing is, is sin and death came in because of Adam's sin. That's the gospel message. And Paul writes in Romans chapter 5 that sin and death came to this world because Adam sinned. So there was no evolution that took place from, you know, from uh, an ape man to a man and then to Adam and Eve. Um, There isn't that at all because that's saying death came before Adam's sin. And we know that the Bible, the biblical creation account is death didn't come until Adam sinned. So read those articles, and I think that'll be a help to you. And I'll go back and review those as well. And uh, hopefully I'll have a better answer for you next time. But I do know what okay. the Bible says. And um, we can always trust the Bible and the Word of God yeah, given to right. us. Okay, well, All right, so Ivan. You bet. God bless you. Yeah, uh huh. Hey, let's go to. Um, Dwayne in Greeley. Hi, Dwayne. Hey, Pastor Jeff. How are you? Um, I'm doing okay. Um, my son 
is going to school at UNC. Okay. And I know he knows the Lord and he knows a lot of the word, but I worry for him. Yeah, Being involved do, in we? the in the uh, fraternity life that he's in right now, and I'm just wondering if there's uh, a group at UNC that maybe reach out to him and help him stay more a fo- little more focused on the Lord while he's going to school there. Yeah, there's a number of Christian groups that are up there, and that is because I have a son at UNC and a daughter that's graduating and a son that graduated from there, there's a couple things. Number one, for him, and I know that the college kids are real transient, you know. Um, right. But if they can still be plugged into a church, there's there's Navigators that's up at UNC, uh, that okay. ministry. And I, I talked to the Navigator leader, and he said one of the things that they're trying to get the kids to um, understand what's important, that they belong to a church, because these are— these are organizations that can help them and be a blessing to them. And it may be a start for your son, but Navigators, or they have a Christian challenge that is up there as well. Okay. Uh, and there's other ministries, so the resources should be there. Uh, but those are two groups that I know that are up on campus that have been a blessing to the kids here. And so have them check it out. Have him get involved in those groups as he can. And then we're only about a mile from campus, Calvary Chapel Greeley. We got a young adults, Friday, 7 o'clock, Wednesday night service. The young people are here. If he can come here, we'll serve him any way that we can and encourage him. Hey, Dwayne, thanks for calling. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor. Hey, we're, we're at the end of the show. Great show today. Everybody be careful. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.